everybody, welcome back to Raisin Brand, the Pixel Labs podcast, where we raise brand and elevate the brand of companies and talk about the concept of elevating brands and just the idea of brand itself. You know, we're we're raising brand. Raisin and brand. We are the yes, yes, and as I like you can that. hear. You like it. Yes, I'm, I'm yeah. glad you like it. Um, if you don't know, uh, right now we have our guest, Coley J. Uh, hello, hello. Uh, he was a former Pixel Labs employee, and uh, we're really excited to have him back on the podcast. This is actually just like old times on the, uh, on yeah, the old sure. podcast when we used to <laughs> um, host a live, uh, basically just this this podcast, but a version of it that was yeah. No, I like I like the uh, rebranding, the ra- uh, raisin brand. That's that's uh, that's clever. That's really cool. It's, Thank it's you. Kinda yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, it's kind of cool to see how far it's come. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned it uh, on the last podcast too, but it was it was honestly a a name that I threw out as a joke. Oh yeah, <laughs> like we we just kind of were under the impression we're like, okay, we need to rebrand the podcast. That's not something necessarily Pixel Labs related in the name entirely. Like we wanted to have something catchy that like has something to do with actually what is talked of, being talked about on the podcast. I mean, of course we're talking about Pixel Labs, but that's not all we talk about. And yeah, um, yeah, so sure. I, I threw out a list of names and we actually originally, we uh, were settled on the modus operandi podcast, uh-huh. um, which, yeah, we really liked that. It fit with our brand very well. Um, and what we're going to do modus operandi being like your, your motive or like why you do uh-huh. something. Uh, but then we realized that there wasn't, oh, there's a podcast already named that or something along those lines. So then we're like, well, what about Raisin Brand? And I was, again, I was kind of joking, but then everyone's like, eh, I, I kind of like it. And then we, we no, fit it in. I think, I think that's dope. It's like a little, like, uh, you know, it sounds like it's something that you do in a morning, like a, it's like a Sunday morning podcast or something like that, you know, right, Saturday, yeah, that- Saturday morning podcast, like eat breakfast and have the, uh. You know, talk about the branding and whatnot. Talk about exactly, marketing. Talk exactly. About uh, so I, I'm glad you like it. I'm I'm hoping hoping people listening like it, and I'm hoping Kellogg's doesn't try to sue us or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, no, um, no, that'd be bad. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so as I mentioned before, for those listening, Cole used to be a part time employee, former intern actually before that too, and worked with us for a few years, um, and then he uh, got a job working for the Utah Jazz. Um, and moved on and moved out to Utah, but yeah, J- Cole did a bunch of 3d work for us, video editing, video shooting, you know, basically all the stuff that me and Noah do, but, um, it was cold. I was doing it for a while too. So glad to have you back on the podcast. So let's, Thanks, let's catch up. Yeah. Let's catch up a bit. Um, yeah. what's been going on in the last, I guess it's been. A little over a year since you left. A little over a year. Yeah, actually, so. actually, it's a it's an interesting story because um, when I left Pixel Labs last year, I left on I think it was April 29th of twenty uh, twenty nineteen. So um, it's been you know just over a year now, and I'm kind of in the same spot now that I was last year. But there's been this whole chunk of stuff that's gone on in between. Uh, so it's been like a vicious cycle of events a little bit. It's kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I left Pixel Labs uh, in April of 2019 just because I wanted to kind of branch out and see what was out there. I was done with school and uh, Cedar Falls was just kind of getting old a little bit. So um, I decided, you know, maybe it was time to get out. So I moved back home for a little bit and uh, just worked to kind of, you know, uh, regular job for a little while, something not in the production field. 
um, and basically just kind of took that time to work on like a portfolio a little bit better. Um, I did some freelance stuff. I made a better reel and uh, resume. And then um, I spent a lot of time making stuff to apply for an internship with the jazz. And that's kind of where that whole adventure started. And that's, and that's awesome. That's, that's I mean, it was a super cool opportunity that um, we were really excited that you got when, uh, when you started working for the jazz, because I mean, how many people from Iowa can say that, Hey, I went to go work for a professional sports team. And uh, yeah, so no. that was, that was really cool um, to see. And uh, so, so t- tell us a little bit more about how you got into that experience. I mean, from Pixel Labs to the Utah Jazz. I mean, it's it's not a huge jump, but I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty sizable from you know the middle of Iowa in a marketing company to a multi million dollar professional sports team in Utah. <laughs> right. You know, well, a lot of t- a lot of people say, and this holds true for me as well. It's not what you know; it's who you know, and. Uh, you get lucky sometimes, and this is—I—I I, I think that this is the most lucky I've probably ever gotten because um, my cousin Trey—he is very much uh, it, like we're—we're we're very similar people. We both, you know, we're both video editors, video—you uh, know—we both shoot video. I ended up a little bit more on the graphics end of things, but we have very similar tastes as well, and when it comes to media. Um, and he ended up, you know, he worked for team USA basketball. He worked or he was an intern for the Charlotte Hornets. Um, and he did great work all everywhere he went. And he was, he was at Greensboro, um, for a little bit. He, he was doing a bunch of crazy stuff and he ended up at, in Utah. And so that didn't really do much other than I had someone that say, Hey, we just opened up this position. Um, if you want to send me your stuff, I can, you know, send it to my boss too, just so, you know, to make sure that we get a foot in the door so they don't just brush over my application because it says I'm from Iowa or whatever, you know. You know, there's a bunch of there, – there's plenty of people who are applying for these things so the, the market can be pretty competitive. So having someone just there to at least say, can you at least take the time to at least look at the application, at least do that, you know. Um, that can go a long way. So I had someone there to vouch for me, which is important. Um, from there, Hold on. I don't know if you, you know, can hear me, Cole, but I'm labs, I think, Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, it cut out there for a second. So um, it, it, it does that on Zencaster for some reason. Uh, I'm oh, going to go back to um, just talking about like when you were talking about foot in the door. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I had a foot in the door and I just had someone to vouch for me. And I think that that can be very powerful when you're just trying to get a foot in somewhere, you know? Um, no, but definitely for sure. I mean, yeah, like I would say probably, I, I don't know for sure, but like over 50% of jobs are probably gotten because someone knows someone there. Exactly. And, and, and so yeah. that's why it's so important that people get out and create uh, not only create, but be other people who are in their field or doing what they're doing and, and get to know them. And then who knows what can happen. I mean, part of the reason I got the job at pixel labs was because I had a professor that I worked with in a class that knew Zach from a project way back when, and mm-hmm. randomly they ran into each other at a coffee shop and was, and my professor was like, Hey, like if you ever need like video stuff, I had this student who was, you did a good work. And then, so later on when a position open at pixel labs, I applied and they, knew me from that and from other previous things, but that I think was, you know, instrumental in me getting a position here. And, um, it's happened with so many of our other interns, like knowing someone here, um, Mm -hmm. it, it definitely helps. So, 
So, so going back into uh, the the Utah Jazz, what was what was your experience like there? I mean, I I've never like I I've, I've seen the the promos and the work and and stuff that comes out of these uh, like these these sports teams, but I've never you know really had the insight into like how things are made or who's doing this stuff. So, so tell me a little about what you did for the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Um, so when I so that actually kind of goes back into the applying process as well because. Uh, the actual, like the way I applied was weird because originally they only had one position open and it was a broadcast position. Now, obviously like, you know, you don't know me as a broadcaster, right? Like I, I, (laughs) I maybe, I maybe did broadcasting like as an intern when I was like a freshman or whatever, or a sophomore, but like for a very short amount of time and I was not into it at all. Nobody knows me for broadcasting. So, but I did it. And I could edit very well, which was one of the things that they wanted. And so um, I applied for that and they called me back. Um, but the the day that I interviewed for that one, they also opened a position that was for motion graphics. And I was like much – I would much rather have gone with a motion graphics one because that's way more up my alley and way more right. – like way more something that I would wish to learn more about than broadcasting. And so uh, I applied for that on the same day that I interviewed. And so I waited a few days and they emailed me or somebody called me actually, I think. And they said, Cole, we just interviewed you a few days ago for the internship uh, for broadcast. Uh, But we also just the other day saw that you also applied for the motion graphics one. If we made you choose, like, which one would you go with? And so... I thought I, I told them like I would want to think about it because I, I was thinking like well if I say motion graphics like am I gonna are they gonna say no because they already like have something or right something is it like a test or, or yeah something. like yeah, yeah like is something gonna happen but I just went with my gut instinct and I said like I would much rather have the motion graphics one and so that was pretty much all they needed from there um, I didn't interview again after that and uh they i mean i got a call like a week later and um like they asked me to send more stuff like they asked me to send um more uh motion graphic stuff i had and i sent them like a few animations i made and so um that's actually how i ended up doing like the motion graphics end of the internship um so once i got in there and i got to solid city and got into the place um the first day that I was there was actually media day. So it was just like a lot of running around and getting cards and shooting like, or, you know, m- more helping the cinematographers than anything. Cause they had a lot of um, people in that they don't usually bring in like contractors and freelancers and whatnot. Um, and so they had this whole huge grand setup. They had like light screens and whatnot uh, that they would put the players in and have all these huge flashing lights. And it was pretty crazy. It's kind of hard to explain without, um, you know, being able to see it. But we basically had stations all around uh, Vivian, or Vivian Arena in Salt Lake City. And all the different stations, you know, some of them were photography. Some of them were like videos. Some of it was green screen, whatever, you know, so on. Um and then after that, you know, for the first couple weeks I was there, there wasn't a whole lot going on for me as an intern. Um, mostly, I was just kind of an accessory of whoever needed help. Um, and that kind of made it tough for a little bit because I didn't, I wasn't really getting hours, but I also wanted to make sure that I was available in case somebody did need help. So I wasn't really doing anything else. 
Um, and then I reached out to like the social media department at, uh, at the jazz because I was working in the building with like the broadcast people and the in-game experience people, but I wanted to kind of work more on the social media end of it. And so I, I got out to the marketing and the social media guys and I just asked them like, do they need help? And it turned out that they were completely swamped and they absolutely needed help. And so I just, just kind of started taking like the, the grunt work that people needed to do, but didn't really have time to do. And I started doing that stuff. And that is, that like basically took me from like a few hours a day to like working full days and working like full weeks and everything like that. And then, so from there it kind of became necessary that we built a a bigger social media team because there was just so much going on. And so we started to kind of filtering more assets in there. And then uh, I was technically, you know, like the motion graphics intern, but I was kind of working as a social media intern, more or less, like just like a general content creator, social media intern. Cause right. I was doing like, I was shooting, I was editing, I was doing motion graphics. I would like, I would make entire, like I would edit and organize and do entire um, like packages with graphic designers which was, that, it was really fun, like, and they gave us a lot of freedom, but it was a lot of, uh, like, really, sh- <laughs> really strenuous work for an intern on top of all the other stuff I was doing, but I it was imagine. really, yeah. <laughs> really, really good learning environment, so that was kind of what it was like as an intern, it was more just, like, I was there in the beginning picking up what other people couldn't do, and then as time went on, um, uh-oh, hold on, can you still hear me? Yep. Okay, sorry. My uh, um, my screen went black for a second. Okay. Oh, um, and then so after – all right, hang on. I'm going to start where it was. So I was kind of picking up the pieces that people were leaving behind because they didn't have time to do all the work that they had. And, uh, and then, you know, people just ne- – as they needed more help and more help, they would ask me to help them on different things. So um, at the end of – my internship, I was basically just there to help who needed help. And I wasn't really a specific job at that point, but, um, that did lead me into doing a lot of things that led me to a job, I think, which was the important thing. So I was going to I would say I would take away from that. So one good thing that you, you did as an intern, well, well, first of all, taking an, an internship in the first place out of college. I mean, that's not something that a lot of people are willing or want to do, but I mean, you, you did it and it mm-hmm. turned out great. And you even, even going into the internship, you started out doing things that you maybe didn't necessarily want to be a hundred percent doing, or maybe didn't even have a lot to do, but th- the fact that you were flexible and kind of adapted to the environment and also just put yourself out there and were willing to do everything. Yeah. I mean, any, for any potential interns or future employees out there, I mean, take notes definitely because like, it's basically just making yourself useful in any sort of way mm-hmm. um, in, in a way that's valuable and giving you valuable experience is just hands down what every intern should be doing. Um, yeah. And I, I, mean, I also I, think I also, I want to interject. I also think it's important to point out that I, I didn't get a degree when I went to college. So um, I, I did drop out, you know, like three semesters before um, or, uh, you know, I was, I was like a few semesters away from, graduating and I dropped out um, just because, you know, I, I felt like there was a diminishing return at the point where I was. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that if you spend the time outside of 
you know, class or whatever, even if you have like work, as long as you're still doing like the creative stuff with your friends, like, you know, Tristan, I know you're really good at your photography stuff. You (laughs) spend time outside of work doing that, which I think is important. Um, And people who spend time outside of what they're expected to do to do those things, those are the people who end up really like flourishing a little bit. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's important because, you know, a lot like you can get the degree or whatever, and that's great. But if you don't, if you don't execute on the degree or you don't like you actually spend the time doing it, or if you don't truly enjoy doing it, then it's going to be really tough. It will. And that sucks, but it is. Well, yeah, I I completely agree. Definitely. Um, So yeah, like I was saying, listeners take notes, future pixel labs, interns who are listening take notes. Um, But no, so that that's great, and I'm I'm really glad and happy for you that you've had the experience with the jazz, and I'm yeah. I'm hoping after you know Corona passes over, hopefully that you'll able to continue those experiences in some way, one way or another. So really really happy for you, dude. But I, I want to shift the topic into something um, a little bit uh, a little bit different, I guess I would say. But mm-hmm. that, that's TikTok. Uh, oh yeah, I, I want to point out that. Uh, you kind of blew up on TikTok right after you left Pixel Apps because that was kind of your creative, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I infer that was kind of your creative outlet for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, so. I mean, well, you know, I left, I left Pixel Apps and I came back to Lisbon, Iowa, and you know, I love Lisbon and everything, but it's just in the middle of nowhere and there's like, you know, I don't have many friends here anymore because a lot of them are off doing whatever, and so. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, there, I had, I had to have some sort of creative outlet at the, at that point. And, uh, it was either painting or I did TikTok, And most of the time I did those two things together. So that's kind of where it started. Yeah. I was gonna say, so yeah, talk about that a little bit. How did you kind of get started and, and how did you sort of kind of, like I said, blow up, I guess, if you will. <laughs> oh, well, the, the start of TikTok is ridiculous, man. Because I, I when, when TikTok started, I couldn't take it seriously at all. Cause right. It, yeah. Well, because it used to be uh, musically or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And, and we all saw like those ads and they were terrible, like the Facebook ads that they had for them for for musically and like mm-hmm. the early TikTok ads. They're, they were terrible. Seriously. And so. I think like the main reason a lot of people first got on it was to just see all the cringe that was really on it, which was, I, I have to admit was the reason I went on it. Cause I just, I, it was so cringy. I just, I wanted, you know, I love watching cringe sometimes, but it was just a bit too cringy. But then the reason that that's significant is because a ton of people did that. They all started going on and like watching this stuff and then they started making content. And so it kind of became like, twitter where all these people are just uh you know kind of shit posting a little bit i'm not sure if i'm allowed to say shit posting but we'll blur we'll block it off we have to it's okay <laughs> crap, crap posting there you go um, <laughs> and uh but now it's like a legit a completely legit social media and you know like you know pay even has like he has like sixteen thousand yes. followers now because yeah, he made I saw a video that has like 2.4 million views it's like oh my gosh anybody can do it on on tiktok anybody can do it quick side note about that i i saw one of his videos a long time ago completely not even knowing that it was him and i sent it to someone i'm like wow this is this is really cool this dude's just growing avocados yeah and, and, he, and then he pay. followed me like a week later and then i was like holy crap that was that was pay that was what pay. like yeah <laughs> And then he made one like when he moved in. He moved his into fish a tank. new place, and yeah, and his fish tank. 
Uh, for yeah. those that, yeah, I guess to get some context, go follow Johnny Plastic on TikTok. Um, he's a friend of of the lab here, um, and he's making some great stuff. He's blown up on TikTok. That's uh, that's Andrew Pay. Um, so shout out to him, DJ um, Johnny Plastic. <laughs> But no, so yeah, continue. Yeah, so you you were kind of saying that anyone can kind of blow up, no, and it's like, and it's for anybody, it's the crazy. most obscure, random things. Like we talk yeah. about pay blowing up for going avocados. You initially blew up because of your painting, kind of in a way. Well, my first like the, I I made some painting videos, and like they were okay. Like some of them got like thirty thousand views, but it wasn't like I was like, you know, like I wasn't reaching. I wasn't getting thousands of followers from those videos. You know, I was, I was maybe getting a, a few hundred or at some point, maybe. Um, but then I made a video. It was actually on my birthday last year and I, I posted it on the morning of my birthday. And then by the afternoon it had like, it, it had like 120,000 views or something like that. Um, and it was just a video of me like skipping rocks or teaching people. Oh, that's how to right. Rocks. Yeah. And that was like the first video that like got like thousands of likes and it did, it, you know, got hundreds of thousands of views. And then, uh, after that, like every week or so after that, I would post a video that got like, you know, tens of thousands of views and, you know, a few thousand likes or something like that. And every like month I would post a video that would get a hundred thousand views or a couple hundred thousand views. And then, um, once I moved to Utah, uh, basically like anything I posted just kind of got shut down. Like it would get like a few hundred views or maybe a few thousand views and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, nothing would really come of it. And then uh, I, I started posting like different stuff randomly just cause I was like, like I started posting stuff about Fiverr and that, That's right. that, that stuff did pretty well. And then I made this video of like, I, I tracked a dog's face into the middle of a screen as it was running through an <laughs> obstacle. And that one did, that one's like my most viewed video on TikTok now. Um, so that one did pretty good. I guess it just shows the, the veracity of, of social media and specific yeah. TikTok. I think, I think it's, it's strange because I think TikTok might be one of the easiest apps to go viral on. And that's simply just because of some of the obscure things that people are doing on there that just happen to blow up just because it's just, I've never seen that before. That's cool. Like, and, yeah. then, and then I think also the, the nature of the way the app is built. I mean, yes, you follow people, but the, the first thing you the open for is you the, page the for is you very, page. Yeah. The for you page so is genius. so powerful. It's so powerful because no other app uses something like the for you page really like truly uses something like the for you page. No, yeah. Like, like Twitter, you have to follow people, Instagram, mm -hmm. you have to go to like a certain section to see other people's content and even then it's probably all sponsored yeah. or filtered out by yeah. something, but but TikTok I think is yeah, really like the true like I think you do platform. get like it's it's kind of weird because uh you can tell that it really sections people into groups it does it does they like and their content that they want to consume it's very good at it good at it i'm not sure it's because tiktok is buying data or what it is or if they're just really good at analyzing what you watch or what it is um but they're very good at it and it's kind of strange sometimes I will agree. I, I think it was yesterday I was watching something or I had to been talking about something and then suddenly a video that just came on that – I mean and not to say that they listen but I think they just kind of know me well enough that whatever I happen to be talking about, 
um, is something I was interested in. They catered that content to me somehow. And so it's, it's pretty much for me, it's cooking videos, dog videos, and memes is, is kind of my uh, character profile that I think TikTok has built out for me. And occasionally some creative and photography stuff. But I, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I think it does really cater to people. And, and that's why it's such a powerful tool also and, and also because of just some of the the random things that blow up on there i mean we've we talked about doing some content with um some different companies that we are potentially working with and these are companies that i mean five years ago i would have been like who's gonna watch a video about you know machinery or something like that but but now tiktok can turn it into a meme or or turn it into something like hey like this is a really cool industry that i've never heard of and these guys are doing mining out in the middle of nowhere or yeah. building trucks or I, I don't even, I can't even think of anything specific, but I think it's well, like, just I think, I, I mean, I think we all have a very, like we all know a very powerful example of the power of TikTok's for you page. And that is, uh, you know, you know, a little Nas X. Old oh, Town that's Road. Right. Like, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, do you know who nice Michael is on TikTok? on TikTok? Oh, yep. I love him. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's great. So, nice Michael. He DM'd uh, Lil Nas X on Instagram and asked him to use Old Town Road in a video, okay? Mm -hmm. And that video went viral, and that is what subsequently made Old Town Road and Lil Nas X blow up. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah. That, like yeah, I mean, I, I can think of a few other examples with uh, that Roxanne song. Like, yep, music Roxanne. is is such a huge thing on TikTok as well. Yeah. I think and even influencers are now because that's like the next influencer phase is the the TikTok influencer, the the Charlie mm -hmm. D'Amelio, the the yeah. Addison Ray, the Lil Huddy. <laughs> yeah. And there's even like the there's a new group of uh like music producers kind of emerging that are making stuff specifically like they're making bits of their music for people specifically to use in their TikToks. It's kind of strange. Um, but it's, it's been happening more and more often in the past like year and a half. And it's actually kind of sad too, because me and my, me and my brother, he's a huge TikTok guy. We were talking about this the other day. Uh, they sometimes make like a song and they intend a part of it to be used for TikTok. That's really good. But then the rest of the song is kind <laughs> of just garbage. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I've seen that all too often, but that's, that's a real thing nowadays. It's it's really interesting, and I and I think I could talk about TikTok for days, but I, I want to get into our, uh, one last subject that you kind of touched on a little bit, but I think it's it's kind of something that uh, is unique enough that, and I, I've never really talked to anyone who's done it before, but um, we've 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 bought from this service Fiverr before, uh, mm -hmm. but you actually personally had services up on there, so yeah, uh, can you talk a little bit about your experience, like how you got that started, how your experience went, and, and and what is Fiverr? Yeah, of course. So yeah, if you don't know what Fiverr is, Fiverr is just like um, I think it originated as a service where you could only sell something for five dollars. Um, obviously, this would have been you know, uh, 15 years ago when $5 probably got you a little bit further than it does now, but, um, you would sell something for $5. That's all you could sell something for was $5. And it would typically be something very simple. Well, eventually, you know, somebody saw the value in it and bought the company Fiverr and made it into a freelancing service rather. So you can sell things at pretty much whatever your price, uh, at whatever price you want to. I'm pretty sure there's some limits, but it's pretty free. Um, 
And basically, I think my start start of Fiverr was just just basically out of necessity, out of needing to pay bills and whatnot. Um, and so I originally started doing it for like super cheap. Like I just made an ad on Fiverr, not an ad, but a gig. They call it a gig. And uh, it was just like I will make I will animate your logo for um, you know, 25 bucks or something like that. Something ridiculously cheap. Like you'll get an animated logo for $25. Um, and I got like, like the first like week of doing that, like I got an, a, an, a new order every single day. And so I was like, dude, I just need to like, I just need to bump up the price on it. So I did. And from there, like I, I just kept getting orders and kept getting orders for a few weeks after that to the point where I had to like start turning people down. And like, I had people like ordering something and then coming back a few days later and ordering another thing. And like, I would have to tell them like, okay, but I can't do it for like a week. I'm sorry. And then like, it just got to the point where, uh, like I was doing so much of it that I had to start turning people down. And then when I started working more and more at the jazz, uh, I stopped having like I, I just had to like kind of stop doing Fiverr more and more. Uh, so eventually, like I had to stop doing it because I was so busy. But for a while, it was like a real money maker for me. But you know, it's just one of those things. Like if you're if you have like a hobby that you can do really well that you can make money off of, or if you you know of, uh, if you can edit photos or videos or do motion graphics, you can pretty easily make a pretty penny on Fiverr. And so did you do anything to market yourself on there at all? Or was it, is it just kind of the nature of the app? If you yeah. were good at something on there, you're going to get some work or how did you kind of find success on there? So what I did, I think most of it was just researching how the best people on the app did stuff. Um, and so usually like, you, you know, when you search up like what your thing is like, you know, I would search up animate your logo or whatever. Um, there'd be like a ton of people who already do that or, you know, but they're all doing different stuff. So like the first one is like, uh, you know, it's like, it's something ridiculous. It's like get a hundred unique animations for like $10, which is crazy. Um, but usually they're not like, you know, really custom, like personal. They're like just very bland and random like animations or whatever that they just like are pretty generated. Um, and then there's people that like do like crazy amount of money, but you get something really, really good. And then there's people in the middle who are like doing basically what I was doing. It's like, here's, it's a moderate amount of money. You'll get something nice, uh, but you're not going to have to pay like a crazy amount of money for it. And, uh, so that's basically what I did. I just made a middle of the road product. I, I modeled my ad after ones that were doing well, except I maybe changed some things. Like I made some, I made, you know, I added, I put on some add-ons just to maybe make it look like mine was a little bit of a better deal. I can't really think of it off the, off the top of my head um, at the moment, but just stuff like that. And it didn't take long for people to start buying it. Um, the only problem was keeping up with the orders for, you know, in the, in, in the beginning, in the middle before I started having to slow it down anyhow. And I guess that's not a, a completely terrible problem. No, to no have. it's, not, <laughs> not, it's, not, it's probably the best problem to have. Right, right. Yeah. I, I, I want to say I, I think it's Fiverr's grown enough that I, I love some of the content that comes out of YouTubers making yeah, videos sure. about Fiverr. I, I, I watched this uh, this bassist. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, I, I watched yeah, that Davey. guy. That's, that's, yeah. that, that's the guy that I got the idea of Fiverr from because I used to watch his videos on my living room or TV all the time. 
It was ridiculous. Just like th- some of the stuff that you can get on Fiverr is just amazing. Like you could hire people to play the bass for you. Uh, uh-huh. I've heard of people hiring artists to draw Shrek doing different crazy yeah. things yeah. for them. So I, I think that's it's really interesting that uh, and I'm, I'm glad you found success on there as well. And um, it kind of hopefully inspires anyone out there listening that, hey, if you if you've got something that you think you can can do well and and do it efficiently enough to make Fiverr, Fiverr, you know, worth it for you. I mean, I I know there are some people out there that say that, you know, don't undersell yourself or, um, you know, that kind of thing. Don't like, you know, sell yourself short. Uh, But I I think Fiverr is very valuable. um, And if you could find something that you could do efficiently Mm -hmm. and, and and make it worth your time, it's definitely Mm -hmm. worth it. I mean, I love going there for, I mean, even if it's like, yeah, even if it's something you just like, like doing, but if you, if you can make a profit on it, why not? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Voiceovers. I've heard, I've heard of a lot of people doing, uh, getting voiceovers off of Fiverr. Pretty good stuff. Voice. Yeah. It's honestly like one of the only places I know that's like, that I can trust that has like a, a wide source of all these different voiceovers, like, so like things from, you know, British dudes to guys doing Morgan Freeman voices. We, we uh, actually hired yeah. a dude to, to do that once, but it, it's really cool. And so, um, yeah, Fiverr, I guess, I mean, is, is really interesting. Uh, I know we'll probably still use it here and now, um, from time to time for different outsourced things that we need to do, um, like professional voiceovers or different services, but, it's a really cool service, I think, and um, thank you for providing the insight to to me and the the listeners about that. I think that's, yeah, yeah, sure. that's definitely something to look more into. And on, on that note, we're going to wrap up this episode of Raisin Brand. I want to give a huge shout out to Coley J for making the the virtual trip up through your headphones uh, and into the microphone uh, no to problem. you know to sit in the virtual chair with us today. He's not here actually in the in the studio here with me today. He's He's back at home right now, but I uh, just want to thank you for, you know, bringing back the old memories of the old pixel cast. Um, and um, is there anything else you would like to leave off our listeners on? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> I think there's a lot of stress in the world right now. And I just think uh, it's important to love yourself and love your friends. Uh, great words great words love yourself love your friends love it Coley J uh, so yeah this has been Raisin Brand the Pixel Lab podcast where we talk about raising brand for our clients and raising the concept of brand and the idea of brand as a whole in the marketing industry so thank you all for listening and be sure to tune in next time we'll see you then dope <laughs>